This episode of the Golf Gambler Podcast on the Sports Gambler Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So go sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is DFS simplified. Head over to prizepix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. And we're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. And Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. And, of course, don't forget to download our app, the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, welcome back, DJs, for a quick recap of Houston, and we're moving on to the RSM. It's your boy Boston Capper with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer. Steve, are you ready, sir? I am ready for this. This is the uh, last tournament, uh, well, last you know, real, real tournament, tournament of the fall. Yep. You know, uh, there's a couple other things in uh, between now and the Century Tournament Champions that might keep us uh, a little occupied. But yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, had a pretty good Houston open because I, uh, remember the conversation we had uh, last Tuesday that I tried to tell you about uh, on Saturday morning and, uh, <laughs> someone had a few too many Jägermeister shots and yeah. didn't have any internet either and couldn't yeah. place the bet. But yeah, yeah so I, we, we talked, I mean, listen, it's not, I can't give myself tout cash for this, but we talked yeah. about Jason Kokrak and about, yeah. you know, where to gauge him. I think we landed on that. I'm like top 10 and they kind of see where those odds are hanging ahead into the weekend. So uh, Saturday morning, uh, after Kokrak, I think got within two of the lead on Friday, got yep. suspended, then was plus three on Saturday morning. But I'm like, all right, yeah. you know, he's let's say five back. Right. Why well, bet him? I and I sure enough, I looked at my book. He's twenty-seven to one, about where I thought he was. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna bet that. And then right after I placed the bet, triple bogey's the eighteenth. <laughs> I was like, well, that's burnt cash. So he was yeah. nine back going into the weekend. I know. I just, and he just. I mean, listen, like Marty Trainer wasn't going to win that thing. I think I actually no. said I, I think I said I was going to quit the show. You did. You did. You screenshot it and even put it in Slack. I was so miserable on fucking Saturday. I was miserable on Sunday, too. It was like a two day fucking hangover. And Leishman irritated me because I was like, all right, well, Leishman's still got a chance. And I was like, and somebody put on Twitter. I have no fucking idea who. Um, but basically, like his strokes gain data and like what he does on Sundays compared to everybody else. And I was like, oh, oh, I still got a chance. Then he went out and bogeyed one, and then like by like hole four, I was like, man, never mind, uh, that, I'm yeah. dead in the water. Yeah, I think after he re- hit the wall around like hole fifteen on Saturday, and then yeah. that was it. Yeah, so, but uh, I mean, listen, like it was a good good tournament for me. I mean, hitting Kokrak live helped, but That's overall though, helps. overall though, I really did you. How much of the Houston Open did you watch? Uh, not much because the coverage sucked balls. Like I had to go, I couldn't <laughs> find it on one of the That's days. True. 
Like I like that, I was like, I, where am I fucking going? And, and I just get so fr- I was like, I just get frustrated. And give up. I'm like, fuck it. I'll just follow it on my phone. And I follow it on my phone. Like whatever. Like, does the PJ Tour want the Houston oh. Open to fail? Like one of the bigger markets that they go to. Yeah, and I it's mean, a it's, great. It's a great fucking course. It is an awesome golf course. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how entertaining that was to watch? I think like like we were talking about how tricky it is around those greens, and it was actually interesting to watch these guys kind of get in between. Like, all right, should I chip this? Should I putt it? Like, you know, Sam Burns on eighteen on Sunday, he was right at the bottom of the hill there, and he's like, he tried. He's like, all right, should I chip it? Putt? He did, pulls the putter. Didn't get up the hill, ball rolls back right back to his feet. Like, give us more of that. Like, the green yeah. complexes were fun. Like, even that that short, they set up the, I think the 15th hole was 115-yard par three. Par three, yeah. But it was a little knob of that green of a target. And then he had, like, a roll-off area down to the water. He yeah. had bunkers around it. Like, And then, like, there was a big slope that would have taken it, like, 40 feet the other way if, if he didn't hit on the shelf there. But that's a that's a fun golf course. I yeah. I. Good, good job to Tom Doe. Good job to Brooks Kappa. Not playing Brooks Kappa, but design consultant Brooks Kappa. Uh, did you, you see? Was the, did you see? He was at the range super late. You know, for a guy that says he doesn't like to practice, and to see him grinding like he was Bryson DeChambeau until yeah. then, that's not encouraging for Brooks. No, no, definitely no, not. That's pretty bad. He's got that "quote unquote" big matchup next week that you don't really care about, but. You know you're gonna bet it. There's gonna be plenty of stuff to run. Of course I'm gonna bet it. I'm a fucking scumbag. Like I'm gonna bet it, dude. I, how many times do I tell you I'll quit? I texted Mush, fucking, hey, I'm done. I'm retiring from fucking NFL betting. No less than two hours later, I'm looking at fucking player props and fucking trying to pick a side. Like, yeah. it's a fucking, it's 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 a problem. <laughs> it's, it's, That's why there's a lot of uh, numbers, you know, you can call for that, but you know, you're the host of a, a gambling podcast. You got to keep up the, uh, yeah, know, listen, it's fine. You know, it's the, fine. The I didn't end up in Vito's trunk. Thanks to a fucking flash draft. I ended up hitting a nice chunk of that. So we'll pull. See, you're all good. You're right back to square. I mean, I'm not square, but, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I, I cut it in half anyway. So, all right. Well, anyways, I mean, to put a little bow on the Houston open, I really enjoyed it. Apparently PG tour does not, they were, Ending the final round coverage early so they can put on AARP golf. What is that, by the way? Like, I, who makes the pro, what jerk off makes the programming decisions there? It makes no well, fucking it's sense. It's because Charles Schwab, I think, said, "Hey, you got to put this on right now," which is, it's so disrespectful. I mean, they how many NBC networks do they have? They could have put it on USA. They could put it on like, do we need like another rerun of CNBC, The Profit? You know, on Sunday, just put that crap on there and then move to Golf Channel. I, I guarantee the ratings were lower for that than they were for the final round of the Houston Open, which actually oh, was pretty entertaining. It was tight. Yeah. yeah, it was a good good golf course. There's a lot of guys with the lead and then Co-Crack won at the end. But yeah, like it's it, they they it seems like the PGA Tour in the Golf Channel just wants the Houston Open just to not succeed. Yeah, I don't somebody, get it. So, so somebody pissed somebody off at some point. There's, there's got to be some backstory to it. Apparently, I don't know. Maybe Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, did something bad with one of the execs or something. Okay. All right. Why don't we move on? Why don't we move on to the RSM Classic? So, uh, so we were going to do a show last night, and uh, I had a couple things going on Sunday. I didn't end up doing all my research and my preview column until yesterday. And what I realized after writing the preview column, there really isn't a whole lot to talk about with this golf course. <laughs> and I didn't really feel like doing a 15 minute show with Boston Capper. So we're going to squeeze in the preview right at the top of the show here. There's a couple little tidbits that came out today that I want to talk about. But if you want the full preview, go to uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I got my preview column that came up yesterday. Talks about the seaside course and plantation course. I'll give a Cliff Notes version of both. So 
So Seaside Island Resort, uh, it's in Sea Island, Georgia. Um, so back in, I think, the 20s, uh, uh, they hired uh, Walter Travis in order to build two separate nine-hole courses. Um, I forget the names, but in the middle of uh, his construction of both golf courses, he died. So then they brought in Harry Colt, who did Royal Portrush. Typhoid got him? Maybe, or smallpox or something. <laughs> um, so they brought in Harry Colt, who did uh, Royal Portrush. He did uh, Hamilton Golf and Country Club up in Canada, where they had the RBC a couple of years ago. So he finished the job. Uh, the, the golf courses have undergone a couple of renovations since then. In 1999, Tom Fodzer did the Seaside course. Um, with that one, he ended up changing a little bit of the routing. He shrunk the greens. He added some natural waste areas. And, you know, usually Tom, F- Tom Fazio's kind of offend me with, uh, <laughs> how they look. And maybe it's just because there was actually some good bones to this golf course. He couldn't really screw it up. But it, it, it's, it's a nice looking golf course. It's a, it's a nice resort course. I mean, like unlike the summit club where it looks like a, it's a golf course that just doesn't belong in the desert. Like this actually looks like it belongs kind of in like the swampy Georgia backwater, like, you know, area. So, you know, I mean, there's some nice, you know, waste areas. Uh, he rebuilt the bunkers, be like more like clamshell bunkers. That's more of a, the old school style. And it's, it's a decent course. It's pretty wide out there, but it's similar to, yeah, you know, it's, it's a little similar to Mayakoba where pretty wide corridors and a little bit of rough, but, on some of the holes, like outside the rough, it's basically in a marsh. It's a lost ball. So that's why you kind of see some more accurate guys do well here. But the plantation course, so that's the more interesting one, at least in my eyes. So that was, uh, I think, back in the 70s uh, or 80s, Reese Jones designed it. And it just it was a terrible Reese Jones piece of crap uh, golf course. But I think after the 2018 RSM, Davis Love came in and decide he wanted to basically take the plantation course and turn it back in time to the old, like Harry Colt, Walter Travis style and added a lot of like, you know, old style Scottish quirks to it. And, you know, I, I put a video from the no laying up guys. He golfed there and they, it seems like they did a really good job. Um, they add a lot of quirkiness to the golf course. Uh, like there's a principal's node bunker, on um, hole number 10, there's some centerline bunkers. A lot of the bunkers are like rectangularly shaped too. The greens have some squared edges to them. Uh, there's a Redan green. There's a lot of actually good, like old school Scottish links, you know, or like Scottish template golf holes on the golf course. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Greenbrier as far as like how it looks. Those are, you know, that's a CB McDonald. It's, it's very similar, you know, just looking above, you know, as far as like, how the bunkering is, the layout, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, and and one of the things that happened with the plantation course, though, which was important for DFS, is for years you'd want to always stack your like showdown lineups for guys playing the plantation. It was a lot easier. Yeah. Well, after this renovation, they lengthened it, and it's because there's a little more quirkiness to it. I think it's it's a little harder. So last year, uh, through the first two rounds, so. It, if you don't know, uh, guys alternate between the seaside and the plantation course uh, the first two days. Then they do the cut, and then they play the seaside the rest two days. But um, you know, so for for over the first two days, the average score under par at the seaside course was uh, 0.7 under par, and the plantation course is only 0.6. So it was actually played a little harder last year. So I I, whatever I renovation, I, next, I think I fucked up my stack last year. Yeah, so whatever renovation they did, they actually did a pretty good job evening it out. And that was weird about the golf course. And I I don't know how books score it. I would imagine it's based on under par. But the plantation course is a par 72. And the seaside course is a par 70. So you could technically get in a situation 
where after 30, after 18 holes, this guy, the seaside course technically has a lower net score, mm-hmm. but because it's a, you know, par 72 in the plantation course, the other guy's more under par. So I think books score it at first on leader based on under par. I feel like last year they didn't even fucking release it on the book, on the book. We still, what we used to show. Well, I don't think it mattered anyways. I th- I think it was, I, I think whoever, I think someone went really low on seaside day one. So yeah, then. they did. But it's interesting to see, like, do they take just, okay, one guy shot 67, the other guy shot 68, that's first round leader, or is it, okay, you're 10 under, even though your score is higher than the other guy shot? That's all we need, more gray area with books on being able to pay off. So so another thing, too, is so they do oversee this golf course, but depending on how the weather is around the area, that can dictate, is it more Bermuda, is it more overseed? Now, so they start overseeing in October, but... Just like at the Masters last year, they oversee in October, but the Bermuda didn't die off yet because it wasn't uh, cold enough to get rid of it. So there's more Bermuda on the golf course. That sometimes happens here. So sometimes it's overseeded green. Sometimes it's Bermuda green. Sometimes it's, it's overseeded. Rapidly. It's been cold. It's been cold, man. So it's probably going to be overseeded. So that probably will change. So like, you know, usually you want to look at it's a, it's a traditional Bermuda course, but with overseed, we're back to that nonsense of people confusing that. So, yeah. So some examples of overseeded golf courses they play. So PJ West for the American Express, that's all overseeded. Uh, at least the greens and the fairways are the rough usually goes dormant. Um, recent players championship TBC Sawgrass, that's overseeded. Uh, the Waste Magic Phoenix Open at TBC Scottsdale, that's overseeded. Depending on the time of year, the Valspar can be overseeded. Now, last year when Sam Burns won, they moved it up. I think it was at, at the end of April. That was actually Bermuda. Uh, but typically when it's in March, that's overseeded. Um, Harbor Town, every year except for the COVID year, that's overseeded as well. Uh, the Valero Texas Open, that's always overseeded. Um, when the when the uh, Houston Open, when they weren't disrespecting it, was before the Masters at the Golf Club of Houston, that was overseeded. So those are some examples of some overseeded golf courses. But I ended up looking because I was interested in seeing, like, okay, is there really a difference between – Guys who putt better on overseeded versus Bermuda. Like, is there a huge? And honestly, there really isn't that much of a difference. Like, there's a couple of guys that take some hits. Like, Webb Simpson putts really well on Bermuda. He doesn't putt quite as well on overseed, but he's still gaining strokes. Like, he's still a good putter on that surface. Um, like, Kevin Kisner takes a hit. Um, Kiz. Jason, Matt Wallace takes a big hit. <laughs> that's that's actually Does he take a big hit? Big hit between Bermuda and overseas. So on Bermuda, so on true Bermuda greens, he gains about 0.2 strokes per round uh, putting, and uh, he loses 0.7 on the overseed. Um, but there's a, and then there's a couple guys who get a bump, like uh, let's see, Alex uh, or Russell Henley gets a bump on overseed. So we know it's overseeded. We know for a fact it's overseeded at this point. I mean, I it, it really just depends on how the weather's been. It's if, been cold. If, well, then it's probably going to be overseeded then. But what I'm saying is, though, there is not usually a material difference. I'm I'm a CPA and accountant by uh, day trade, and we use they can they can t- they, they, they can tell. Okay, well, well, there's a term <laughs> we use called there's a term we use called materiality, which basically means is the difference big enough so I give a fuck or not. And yeah. for most of these golfers, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. It's not really changing my mind. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Like maybe use it for tiebreakers. Maybe if something like like if you're not sure about a guy, maybe look at it. But 
I can probably find a different reason to like somebody if it's Bermuda oversee. I'm not worried too much about it because okay. generally speaking, if you're really good on putting Bermuda, you tend to putt pretty well on most services. And if you're pretty bad in Bermuda, you know, maybe you're not quite as big of a disaster, but you're not, it's not like you're losing half a stroke in Bermuda and gain half a stroke overseas. There's not that big of a swing. You're not going to become like Steve Stricker overnight. It's overseas. <laughs> okay. You know. Yeah, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. But so overall, just I mean, um, wow, that's a really long preview. Maybe we should have done a show last night. Uh-huh. But worry. <laughs> so I'll be, last I'll be week, speeding through the rest of it now. <laughs> all right. So so last week the theme was you know usually driving distance had a big edge at Memorial Park and guys who hit long irons pretty well and sure enough Jason Kogan won. Literally do the opposite this week. It's usually guys who are pretty accurate who generally win this thing. There's a lot of shots under 175 yards. I think there's more than the average shots under 175 yards at this place and then uh, far below average over 175 last year. Uh, this is a shorter course. It's only about 7,000 yards, but where some of the dog legs are, you can kind of cut it off. It actually plays more like 6,800. It's a really short course. And when you get a shorter course with pretty wide fairways, you know, I mean, it, there are some penalty areas off there, but it's a pretty wide area to operate with. And you, you know, you take that, you give these guys short irons into greens, you know, the talent, you know, disparity between you're really a ball strikers and you're not so good ball strikers kind of shrinks because at the end of the day, like I can say like Troy Merritt's a bad ball striker. He's so awesome at golf. Right. And if you get a guy like that, you know, in the fairway with a short iron, he's going to do pretty well for himself. So it really is comes down to like just hitting a bunch of, you know, fairways, hitting your short irons pretty well. And can you make the putt? That's really what this comes down to. Uh, right. There's some weather implications that we'll talk about in a little bit. Yep. It might change a couple of things, but Overall, I'm just going to use the same formula I always do. All right, sounds good. Let's uh, let's right. hit the DFS ownership here. So, uh, it re- it's actually kind of funny. There's really not a ton of talk this week. Uh, most of the talks up top. Uh, the only people who are getting, or the only person in the 10K range who's getting ignored, is Harris English, who's coming in at sub 10 percent. Louis at 11. Uh, everybody else is right around 15 or higher. Um, in the 9K range, Corey Connors is the Uber chalk. Same with Russell Henley, uh, both pushing 20%. Uh, Adam Scott's over 10 for whatever reason. Uh, and then in the yeah, 8, it, it, it seems big stars in the scrubs. Bill. Big stars in the scrubs week. And Dude, it's funny because I mean, you, can, you can see the way it's distributed down bottom too. Yeah, um, literally anything under like 9,400 to like 7,500 is like a dead zone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because you you get Damon uh, at at thirteen, Chris Kirk uh, over ten. Other than that, you can't find somebody over ten. That's so still you, really low for Chris Kirk. I'm surprised. Former winner playing I okay. Know. I know only eleven percent. That's pretty. That's reasonable. I I very much agree. Uh, Nor Norlander is uh, also ten percent in the seven K range. But other than that, I mean, it's all spread out, man. I mean, it really is. Like, there's really no Uber. Ch- oh. Yeah, Danny McCarthy's at uh, uh, he bumped up a little bit. He was sub ten last time I looked. He's at eleven now, but yeah, he's just over ten. I mean, the the chalk in the in the six K range is all usual suspects. Um, I guess actually not. Like holy shit, some of this ownership down here is kind of silly. So, so <laughs> Chad Ramey at seven, almost eight. Got Neesmith pushing nine. Rory Sabatini seven. Like yeah, Mike, Michael Thompson five percent. <laughs> they must have read my column. Spoiler alert! Oh, I, are you on him too? I'm irritated. We'll talk. About we'll that. talk about him at the end. 
I'm irritated about that. Because why, why 4% of people are Michael Thompson? That's supposed to we'll, be talk about, we'll talk about him. I got a couple of nuggets on Michael supposed Thompson. To be a sneaky I got a couple of nuggets on Roy Sabatini, too. I don't like Sabatini. His mustache irritates me. The um, <laughs> Swafford at 6.3. I mean, seriously, look at that mustache. Tell me he, he he's not allowed near playgrounds, Sabatini. Like, Listen, after what he did at the Olympics, he's he's fun. That was fine. that was pretty fun. Yeah, I, I listen, that was I, a magic. That was a magical 3 a.m. Uh, experience. Yeah, that's I fine. Cash, well, I still cash the Xander ticket. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, listen, all the cameras around the playground will uh, call the cops if Roy Sabatini shows up. So, <laughs> sorry. What do you got for weather? All right. So first day, I mean, it looks pretty benign. Uh, there might be a couple rain showers late in the afternoon on Thursday, but I mean, calm winds, low 70s, pretty perfect day for golf. I mean, it's cloudy, but fine but friday and saturday start getting seeing some wind come in and if you're on the seaside course, i mean actually both courses it's not fun to play in the wind there um but the seaside course is very exposed to the wind so you're probably going to get looks like 15 to 20 mile per hour winds almost all day on friday uh 15 to 25 mile per hour winds on saturday and then Sunday, it's looking like wind in the morning, but it subsides in the afternoon. So when the leaders tee off, it should be pretty good scoring conditions. But Friday and Saturday kind of looks pretty tough. Nice. Um, so we talked about the two golf courses uh, earlier. And, you know, the plantation course, while it is a little more difficult, well, since the renovations, it, it's they toughen it up. It is a little more protected from the wind. It's a little more tree-lined. Whereas the seaside course is definitely more exposed. Um, I think just because there's still going to be three rounds of the seaside course. I don't know how overboard you want to go in stacking your DFS lineups to do guys playing seaside on Thursday and plantation Friday. I think you should use it just as a tiebreaker between the two guys. Cause at the end of the day, they got to play three rounds of seaside regardless. And I mean, you know, I think everybody's taking that strategy as far as, Oh, I'm going to load up on guys playing play t- playing plantation on Friday because they're afraid of the wind. So, you know, maybe that might be an opportunity to get some of the ownership lower on some of the guys starting off on plantation on Friday. I think some, there's some really good guys playing plantation on Thursday. I think it's like Henley and Simpson. Those guys are really chalky, but they got to play the tough quote unquote, tougher seaside on Friday. Mm. Maybe they'll push down their ownership a little bit as guys make some adjustments based on the weather forecast. So yeah. uh, I, w- I would use it to break ties between guys because I, I do think it's going to be a little easier for everybody playing plantation Friday with the winds, but don't go crazy. Otherwise you might end up getting out a guy who's just worse, you know, <laughs> over somebody who ends up has him play the same golf course on Saturday, Sunday just waxes them. So. All right. All right. Why don't we take a break and then we'll uh, get to the Jump picks. In. All right, well, if you guys are ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet a buck to win 100 on any sport, plus you can Get up to a $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet when you make your first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. If you bet $100, they will match it for a $200 free bet. Max wager is $750 for a $1,500 match. So great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now over at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. So if, which, if you're ready to play, which you should be, sign up today to receive a special offer. 
risk-free thousand dollar sports bets bet big win bigger with WinBet. download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com all right let's get to it boston cab why don't you start breaking down ten thousand dollar range give us one guy you like and one guy you don't all right so i'm going back to the well with Candace smith man I mean, you talk about a guy who's good with his irons and can putt lights out. Uh, putt's good on Bermuda. I'm not sure about overseed, but he's one of the best putters in this field. And he had a disastrous start for this tournament. And he's still in the, or last week's tournament. And he still came in 15th. Or was he four shots off lead by the, by the end of it? Uh, no, he was like eight shots off. Was it eight shots? I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. I, yeah, so, I was complaining about he had three double bogeys on Thursday and Friday. It's, it wouldn't matter. If he wouldn't have wouldn't Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it obviously, it would have changed his mindset, pressure, blah, blah, blah. You never know, right? Butterfly flaps and swing in Thailand. Who knows what it does on the East Coast? The, the, the um, all right. So I'll go back to Cam Smith, man. Um, he's not even the chalkiest guy in this range. Uh, I really liked him last week. Um, his form is really, really good. I trust him as a putter. I trust him around the green. I trust him getting off the box with, um, you know, maybe he doesn't have to go driver all the time. Maybe you hit three wood, get a little, get a little wedge in. Yeah. Give me Cam Smith. Give me the, give me the putter. Give me the guy who I have faith in who can knock in a six footer. Um, so speaking of that, the guy who I'm fading is Scotty Scheffler. This man mm. just misses so many makeable putts. It's so frustrating to watch when you have money on him. So frustrating. So, I mean, look, other than that, I mean, he's in great form, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like just missing out on the last two events. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to take a pass. Uh, my gut tells me that he's going to be frustrated because he played like shit on Sunday. Um, and he did. yeah, so I, I'm going to, I'm just going to pass on him. He's, he's, the second highest owned, second highest owned guy up here, and unless you talk, unless you talk about him, I'm going to ask you about another guy up here. Um, but th- that's who I'm taking. That's who I'm fading up here. Okay, all right. Why don't I start with my fade? Because I think I'm on the opposite end of Cam Smith with you. Oh, okay. uh, I mean, listen, listen. I I don't. Can I see Cam Smith doing well? Of course, again, he hits his long iron or short iron is pretty good. Great putter on Bermuda and over C two for that matter. Um, I mean, I think I'm thinking of it as. You know, above ten thousand dollars, I'm trying to think of guys who actually win. And if you just go through all the blue, you know, just the templates of guys who have won this thing, guys who are as inaccurate as he is just have not won this thing. So mm-hmm. just for me, I'm just I'm picking nits because I I think all these guys are generally pretty good. Like even right. Cam Smith, um, I think it, like if I'm picking nits with him too, he gained o- over a stroke per round putting last week as well. So you know, maybe that comes back to earth this week. You know, we'll see. So, I mean, look, I'm picking this at this point. It's not a strong fade. He's not going to be my big short or anything, right. but um, I'm just not on him. So the guy I am on, and I think you're probably going to ask me about, is Louie. Mm-hmm. Re- I really like yeah. Louie this week. Okay. And I, I think the forecast kind of seals it for me because I don't think this is going to be a tournament where 20 under wins. There's been, there's been uh, RSM classics where 14 under wins. And I think actually when he finished second at the 3M, when it got a little windy over the weekend, that was a 14 under winning score. Um, you know, listen, like he finished fourth here back in 2011. It was a long time ago, but hey, he's got some course history. He's generally accurate off the tee. Great iron player. You know, he's kind of had a lackluster fall, but it's because he hadn't been putting very well. The ball strike has actually been pretty good with him. And so he was he's so, about good, a month. He was so good with the putting before the fall, too. Well, and that's the thing. That makes me think that maybe that can come back. It's still in his arsenal. Yeah. He just had two bad rounds. So and he's, he's generally been pretty good putting in both Bermuda and overseed. 
So hey, listen, I like I, I'm one, especially as okay. ownership of eleven percent. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with okay. it. And I think right. I think I think it's a good weather forecast for him too. I like it. Sweet. I'm glad because that's that's exactly what I was going to ask you about. Because I'm like, I really want to play him. Haven't seen him in forever. Like if, but if I if I picture who you want on a course like this that rewards accuracy and is basically you you know those like Titleist videos that they show like the machines like doing the swing. That's that's Louie. Like his swing is so fucking pretty, and he hits all the fairways. And if he could just get that putting back a little bit, I definitely think he could spike this tournament. Yeah, so he gained as he was T14 Australian. He gained over two strokes per round T to green, gained in every category off the T and approaching around the green. He lost about 0.4 strokes putting. And at the CJ Cup, he gained about one and three quarters T to green, lost almost a stroke per round putting. Just had two bad putting weeks, and it's been a month since we saw him at the CJ Cup. A lot can change in a month. And I know that he actually has good putting upside in his, in yeah. his arsenal. I like him a lot this week. I see him on uh, social media sending his kids to school and shit. And he's down here oh, in Ocala. Good, good karma too. His head's in a good place. I agree. He always looks fucking happy, man. Uh, so all right, fuck it. I'm 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 gonna bet Louis right now. All right. Okay. All right. Let's go with that. All right. Let's move down to the nine thousand dollar range. So we had Corey Connors up the top of nine nine hundred dollars, who's very popular this week. Yeah, Joaquin Neiman nine seven hundred dollars. Russell Henley ninety six. Alex Nora ninety five hundred dollars. Taylor Gooch ninety three hundred dollars. Kevin Kisner ninety two hundred dollars. Adam Scott at nine thousand dollars. So. What caught my eye this week, it's not necessarily his DFS price. It was more of his outright price, which we'll talk about later. Taylor Gooch got punished <laughs> after one bad tournament. I don't get it at all. Like this is like he was what 25 to 1 last week. Yep. And it's a worse field this week. And he's 40 to 1 on the outrights. And listen, like it was he started out well in Houston. Just things kind of got away from him a little bit. But that's how we yeah, I believe in the I believe in the talent with him. Is he the perfect cookie cutter template for this golfers? I don't think so. I mean, he's not quite as accurate off the tee. If you look at his proximity stats, like he averages over the last three years, 24 feet, you know, based on his approach shots, which is, you know, bad awesome. for the average. Well, well, it's awesome <laughs> for him, but for all the guys, it's it's quote unquote bad. But like, right. if you look at Cam Smith, who's awesome, it's only a two foot difference. Like, yeah. it's it's that's that's why some of these proximity stats can be kind of silly. But just like I mean, I, I'm I'm saying, oh, like Taylor Gooch is not very good because he gets 24 feet per approach for all shots under 175 yards. Cam Smith is awesome because he hits it three feet closer. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's like when you try to break my balls about powers because he was fucking three yards shorter than fucking. Ah, it's because I like it on your case. Because I, I like it in your case. Because I know you like him. So listen, Gooch <laughs> didn't didn't do well last week, but. Listen, like I, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between this place and Mayakoba, just principle wise. Like guys who tend to do really well at Mayakoba, you know, tend to do pretty well here too, you know. And Gooch did really well at Mayakoba. He was right in the mix. And if it wasn't for a disastrous double bogey on 18, he would cash the top 10 for us. So, so, so I like him this week. I'm especially the ownership. No one's going back to him. I, I like him. And then, you know, I've heard a little bit of pushback about Kevin Kisner, even though, which is strange because it seems like a lot of people are on the outright, but his GFS price is ownership percentage is not reflecting it. I agree, dude. I was really shocked when I, when I saw that percentage versus how much steam he's get, catching on Twitter. And we were, this, this was our first tournament together, right? Last year? No, no. We did the Wyndham last year. Billy oh. Horschel screwed us at the Wyndham. And then Kevin Kisner screwed, screwed us, us here. Okay. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of close calls. Yeah. So, course. but, but anyway, so, but I've heard some pushback on Kisner because, oh, he's been awful lately. Look at the ball string numbers. Okay. Let's, 
have we not learned our lesson with Kevin Kisner? Like, let's look at some of his last recent tournaments. So he did really bad the CJ Cup, a giant monstrosity Tom Fazio. He's never going to do well there. What happened to the Shriners? I have no idea. That 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 should have been a Kevin Kisner course. I don't think he's ever been good there, though. So maybe he just doesn't like the golf course. Wasn't very good in the Fires Cup playoffs. Again, big ball parks. So like it's it's not good for Kevin Kisner. But you know where he has been good? Last yeah. three quote unquote Kevin Kisner tracks. Travelers, top ten there. Rocket Mortgage, top ten there. Wyndham win. So you know what? Just Sam Hinkie this. Trust the process. I think just one way or the other, Kevin Kisner's just gonna do well this week. So I like him. And then I guess my fade. I mean, he's not popular, but I think the only reason why Joaquin Neiman is $9,700 because his name is Joaquin Neiman. I just, based on some other guys around him, I just, I, like, maybe it's just because he did well. I, I guess maybe what gives me a little bit of pause because he did really well at Mayakoba, and that's not in any of these numbers. And I just said that there's a similarity between Mayakoba and here, but just based on his overall body of work, I, I just, I don't think paying $9,700 is good. I think I'd rather go somewhere else. Like I like I don't think that's a good pivot to Neiman this week. Okay, I'm with you. Okay. Well, uh, right. I'm literally on the same two golfers in this range, so that's either a good thing or a fucking terrible thing. Uh, yeah, I don't mean I don't need to add to it. Uh, Gooch, yeah, you're right. He's getting absolutely punished, and Kisner is just don't think about it, right? Like, if you, but especially because man, I thought when I would open up the ownership, I was thinking he was going to be twenty percent or more based on based on the Twitter chatter. You think maybe this is a situation where, like, on this particular site, it's low ownership, but then when you actually do contests, it's gonna be like eighteen to twenty-five percent. Like, just I don't really see that disparity that much. They're pretty tight. All right, they're pretty tight. I, I, I was I was really surprised too. Maybe like it's people going with the outright like FOMO bet. Yeah, versus putting him. him in DFS. Yeah, yeah. Because his outright price is reasonable. There was. This got fucking steamed all the way down to the fucking like twenty-eight. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's not great. Yeah, I missed it. I would have bet it at fifty, like all the everybody else on Twitter that morning. But I was like, so I, don't, I don't think he was ever. I don't think he's ever at fifty. I like. I've seen a couple of fifty tickets. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so I'm on both of them, and I'm fading my almost auto fade at this point. Uh, I'm just fading Adam Scott. I don't trust him at all with the fucking flat stake. Uh, and yeah, that's it. I just don't trust him at all. So I fade. Do him. you know what his career putting record on overseeded uh, greens is? <laughs> No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. Do you think it's good or bad? I think it's good based on the smirk. He's losing almost a stroke per round on overseeded greens. Victory. All right, fine. Yeah. Beautiful. And yeah. I mean, his Bermuda history isn't very good. Either. Yeah. Like Adam Scott on bent is usually where you want to go. Yeah. Not, not Bermuda. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. I just All don't right, trust. An, All right. Why don't we take another break and then we'll uh, continue breaking down the ranges. Yeah, listen, man, PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. You see a bet you like but think the price is too high, submit a bid that, on a price that you think is fair, and then buy it. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds, and if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shocked. Shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, Boston Capper, why don't you keep it going with breaking down the $8,000 range? Give us a couple of guys you like and one guy you don't. All right, so Keegs, I'm going to go back to Keegs. He played, even though he can't fucking putt, like if he has a spike putting week, 
his iron player is going to keep him in, right? <laughs> That's going to be on your tombstone, buddy. <laughs> For real, it really is. It absolutely is, by the way. It fucking definitely is. But he, he, he got, I think he T15 to Alastia, um, which is fine, right? I, I mean, look, I'm not betting him outright. I think he's fine. I think he can score. Like, uh, it's Keegan. I really do like his iron play. Like, he's, he's not going to. I'm not even going to say it out loud. Like, I don't want to jinx it. Like he's got lower ownership, great iron player. He might be able to putt. And this is what I do. I gamble on him. That's it. So to take that with a grain of salt, everybody, everybody knows that if you're new, I do this all the time. Don't follow me on Keegan Bradley. Listen to Steve. Um, and then uh, I'm going to take your boy, uh, Kirk, because you're right. Like why is it? His ownership's only 10% for a guy who's won here. Pretty decent form, good putter. Yeah, why the fuck not? Why wouldn't I take somebody who's comfortable here? Like, yeah, and the ownership is fine. And yeah, whatever, man, perfectly fine. Give me Chris Kirk, oh. and I'm fa- and I'm fading my boy Vegas. Okay. Any, any, any reason behind it? Just you don't think it's a golf course fit? I just don't think a golf course fits him. Uh, he, he, last week was a good fit for him, and he just kind of leaked oil coming down the stretch. He's been playing a lot of golf lately. He's long off the tee. Um, and he's another guy who can who can spike putting, but I don't know. I just don't see it. Okay. All right. I mean, I don't hate the Keegan play just because if it is going to be a little lower or, well, higher scoring, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, like, the winning score being around 15 under, I mean, like, I can see Keegan. I don't think there's as much separation between the top and where I think he can finish because he's such a good ball starter. So I don't hate that as much. Um, so I, I think I'm with you on Kirk. The, I think the only concern I have of him is because – um, his last two tournaments haven't been very good, and those didn't have strokes uh, shot length data baked into it. So, but I mean, this is a favorable golf course for him. He tends to do pretty well these types of tracks. You know, just ba- I mean, I look based on the last three years of how well you guys hit your short irons, and he's generally pretty good. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it, the fact that he's only ten percent owned, I, I like him. The guy I, I like Mackenzie Hughes this week. And it's it's strange because for a guy who's a former winner here, his course history actually sucks. Does, I think it's he's bad. Yeah, it's bad. But if he does tend to do a little better when it's a little harder scoring conditions, which is bizarre because he's such a bad ball striker and like he just gets up and down from everywhere. And he's a great putter. But like, I mean, you look at some place like the Open Championship, the U.S. Open, you know, Honda Classics, he tends to do pretty well there. That really crazy BMW championship with a John Rom one that was really firm and windy yeah, yeah, did yeah. well there too. Like, um, at the Zozo, he did well and that was windy and cold. So that's encouraging. And what's, what seals the deal for me is, and this never happens with Mackenzie Hughes. He gained over a stroke per round TA degree in last week and lost strokes putting in Houston. What? Yeah, I know exactly. So you got it. I don't think he's going to lose strokes putting two weeks in a row. And maybe he's in the ball pretty good. Now, if that comes back like, man, yeah, that could be pretty good. And I think the wind conditions might be set up for him. So and then my fate here, like like I understand why people like Joel Damon, because he tends to fit the golf course here. You know, he's accurate. He's been hitting his irons. Great. All this stuff. But, you know, for a guy who tends to really eat up these shorter golf courses, the proof is not in the pudding. He's never really done very well here. I think his best finish is like T35. Yep. And I think you're buying him at his ceiling. He finished T5 last week. Do I think Joel Damon is going to be a type of guy to go like T5, like 
and back that up either in our top 10 or a win, which I think some people would want out of him this week. I'm a little skeptical, and especially with Izzy's the most popular guy in the $8,000 range. I think I'm going to fade him. I like it. I'm always fine for fading the the chalk. Yeah, bad like chalk. anytime when you bad get a terminal like yeah, anytime you get a bad terminal like this with like a mediocre guy who's like yeah. really bad. Yeah. All day. It's it's always worth it's just worth it in game theory to fucking to fade him. You know what I mean? Right. So. All right. Let's go down seven thousand dollar range. Um I mean I'm not gonna go through all the names. So no. you know, I I've heard a little bit of buzz on Matt Kuchar, and I think I'm gonna join that as well. Uh, I mean, the ownership's not all that crazy on him. What is this? It's sub 10%, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so still sub. I mean, he's so he's his results through the fall have been getting better and better. He finished I I think, like, like T38 and then like T32 and then he's T22 in Mayakoba. You know, I, I made reference to it. I think actually at the Mayakoba when we talked about him, I, I kind of liked him that Good. he was a guy who was chasing distance and it was disaster. But now he's kind of gone back to his roots of just being accurate and having a good short game, being a good putter. And I mean, I what's what's weird is that he's never really contended for a win here. I don't know. Maybe that changes this year. I mean, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe he's trending up and he's flying under the radar. Maybe okay. he can get a little bit of win. So I, I like him. Uh, I like Aaron Rye this week. He's been playing pretty well. He gained a lot of strokes uh, T green last week and lost on putting. You know, he's just this really accurate guy. Good iron player has played pretty well in some shorter courses in his career. Terrible putter. But he's just basically a poor man's Keegan Bradley, about fifteen hundred dollars cheaper, I think. Nice. I like him. Um, you know, Tyler Duncan's played a little better lately. You know, he's gained over a stroke per round over the last twelve rounds on the field. You know, he's you know he's you know always been an accurate hitter. He's his iron's pretty good lately too. Former winner, he's another guy who last week gained over a stroke T degree and lost strokes putting. I mean, the losing strokes putting is no big surprise, but um, so I kind of like him. And then a couple of guys who are a little more corn fairy guys. It. I was kind of disappointed that Alex Smalley has like 12% ownership, but I think he's a really talented player. And uh, I'll talk, I'll talk a little bit more about him in the top 20 section when we get to that. But I like him. Hayden Buckley is the guy actually $7,300. I like, um, I just think he's a solid guy. Like he's, he's someone who like, like it's, it's hard to gauge their, these corn fairy, the guy, these corn fairy graduate stats this early because they're so limited as far as their sample size. But one thing that caught my eye about Buckley is, you know, he's one of the more accurate guys who graduate, and guys who are accurate tend to do pretty well here. So that always is a key for me. You know, he's been hitting his irons pretty good, been putting pretty well in Bermuda. But that accuracy number, it seems like it's legit. Like on the corn fairy tour, he usually is one of the more accurate drivers off the team throughout his career. Had a really good amateur career, won a bunch there. You know, he won on the, you know, the Canadian tour, won the Corn Ferry tour. Like maybe I think we're, we might be due for kind of like a stinker long shot winner too. And maybe I think he's got some talent. So uh, I like him at 7,300 bucks. So, okay. all right. What do you like? All right. Well, you fucking hurt my feelings in the beginning when you told me that Matt Wallace uh, does not is like one of the outliers for the overseed. I I knew <laughs> that you were going to go Matt Wallace. Can we have, can I stop you real quick about Matt? Of course. Of course. Okay. So remember when we talked, we had Andy Lack on and we yeah. both were on Matt Wallace at the Zozo. Cause all of a sudden back around the shrine, just things like everything, like kind of got fixed yeah. for Matt Wallace. Yeah. I think T4. Well, poor Zozo. Matt. Yeah. And he, he did. He played good. Well, poor Matt Wallace went back over to Europe oh. and boy, it did not go well for him. So, again, this is why it, it, it has perks. You have access to some of this Euro Tour data. 
Do you know? So he missed two straight cuts over on the European Tour. Do you know how many strokes T to green he lost in doing that? Over four rounds. Over four rounds? Over four rounds, how many strokes did he lose T to green? Two and a half. Per round? No, I think or just total. total. Or just total. Or just total. total. No. 9.4. Holy fuck. For, how do you even do that? Yeah. That is back to <laughs> oh no. Nothing is that is back to nothing is working that was. <laughs> so I'm not sure what really happened at the Shriners. Great. Like he gained he gained like six strokes T to green at the Shriners and had a really good Zozo. And then he played the AVIV Dubai, which was like the the JV course over the earth over at uh Jumeirah Estates. Yeah, yeah. Bad there. He played it might have been the Portugal Masters. Mm-hmm. Awful there. That's one of Thomas Peters one, by the way. I know. So I I understand why people are going to Matt Wallace because he did pretty do pretty well last year here. And he did do well to Zozo, but I would be very careful using Matt Wallace this week because it seems like he might have turned into a pumpkin again. Uh, well, maybe he's the opposite of Tommy Fleetwood. Maybe he plays like shit in Europe and can actually play on American soil. Well, then how do you explain the Japanese uh, result? Uh, I didn't think that far ahead in my argument. I'll come up with it. There you the, go. Uh, <laughs> That's why you got me. <laughs> All right. So, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, listen to Steve on that one. I, I think I'm going to have to pass. I might already have some money lost on him at this point. Then, uh, And then uh, I love Adam Long, man. Adam Long. Like, what's this guy going to do to get some respect? I mean, three top 25s, putts lights out, fine off the box, good. On, he, does, he doesn't do anything great other than I would I'd say he's, he's a great putter. Um but yeah, I mean, dude, at like three top 25, 7,500 bucks all day. Let's go. Okay. No, he's playing good lately too. Play real good. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I like him a lot. Um, and then uh, I'm going back to, so let me ask you, about, so you're not on social media and I didn't have time to dig into it today. Um, did you hear anything about Brandon Grace being sick? I know that Brandon Grace was a certain guy's favorite golfer this week. Oh no! Did, was did, it? Did 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 he life mush Brandon Grace as well? Oh, I think he did that. Never mind. I'm just moving straight along. Then I fucking see. Wait, you text, wait, you text wait. me this shit on fucking Monday, and I forget by today. Wait, like, so he's so he's he's sick? Like, yeah, he said he was dealing with something. I couldn't tell if it was a joke. It was like he said like Costco itis. <laughs> so I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not, and I was too tired to fucking dig into it. I meant to do it today, and then you know I got one daughter with the, the strap. The, pow- the power of this, the power of this guy is fucking insanity. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's he needs to be locked up now. <laughs> he does. All right. So anyway, going back to uh, my boy, Adam Shank, right? Um, got cut at the Mayakoba. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Adam Shank's not on the field anymore. Why? He withdrew. So when? I don't know why. I don't know. Today, uh, DJ Trahan, I think, took his place. Christ. Don't take him? No. No, I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, then. Here at the Nurgle. All right. Uh, stay tuned. I'll, uh, I'll figure that shit out later. That's it. Just point to the page. Uh, Kyle <laughs> Sam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zach Johnson. It's a short now. He's in the next range. <laughs> yeah. Short knocking. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it then. But I'm fucked. Like, I'm just going to have to go back through. I'll plug your Buckley guy in. Okay. All right. Um, while we went on to the $6,000 range, I actually liked a lot of guys down here. It's kind of some ugly ducks down here I kind of like. So, listen, all right. So if the golf course is going to play pretty windy, what do you like? 
I'm asking you a question. Oh, I'm sorry. You just skipped an ad read. So, um, the uh, oh, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was like, wait, fuck. Why, why, uh, we, why don't we do that? We'll do it after this. Yeah, that's right. Matt Jones, man. Always Matt Jones. Yeah. Always. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Why not Matt Jones? He's been playing okay lately. Uh, it's it's okay. It's fine. So, but he's accurate. He's been. You, uh, you ain't gonna twist my arm to play Matt Jones. Well, and you know what? He's not. I looked at the wrong guy. That's Tom Hoagie. He's accurate. <laughs> but listen, like it's it just it, it's it's gonna be windy. His course history kind of sucks here, but hey, I mean, just trust the process. So yep. Matt Jones here. Um, Rory 17's been really hit or miss. Like, it's been feast or fan with him. It's either been like top 20 or like bust. He finished T12 last year. You know, he tends to do pretty well in shorter courses. You know, he's fairly accurate, good scrambler. He kind of fits a little bit of the template of guys who would generally do well here. So I kind of like this week. You know, Russell Knox, again, wind, you know, there's going to be a little bit of wind and you know, he's kind of the really poor man's Keegan Bradley in this range. Um, lost 1.8 strokes putting last week. Yeah, you got to think that's got to improve a little bit. So I like him. Michael Thompson. So listen, the stats are not going to do him justice because you're not seeing anything from the Mayakova. He played pretty well in that event. He got um, in the oh, no, he didn't. Never mind. Oh, I'm didn't. wrong. No, 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 I'm wrong. No, so he finished, I think, T15. Accurate player. Good putter on Bermuda. Good putter on Overseed as well. Yep. A good course history here. Um, you know, I mean, he's won like a Honda classic, which generally has like a little like windier conditions. I think this might set up for more of a Michael Thompson type, you know, tournament. So like him and then some other, you know, corn Ferry graduates. So there's been kind of a trend with Chad Ramey in the tournaments, but that have kind of re- not rewarded, but kind of allowed guys who are a little shorter, more accurate to contend. He's had two top 20 finishes in the ones where like length is more advantage, like Fortnite or Houston open. Like he has not done very well in those. This is a golf course that tends to favor more accurate players. Chad Ramey is like Hayden Buckley, a more accurate guy. Um, you know, he's been, he's been hitting his irons pretty good, pretty well, you know, since coming up to, so like him and then Lee Hodges, if you want to go for like a guy who's like 6,500 bucks, just kind of nondescript guys, just making cuts. Like there's nothing really spectacular on the paper for him, but making cuts, you know, his strokes gained T to green stats been looking okay. I kind of dig him. Like, I think if you're looking for a cheap guy that's been doing kind of hanging his own, that can make a weekend that I think probably has like what? 2% ownership, maybe. Yeah. One. Kinda, kinda, yeah. Kind of like Lee Hodges, like an under radar DFS pick. I like it. All right. Write that I impressed my co-host. Thank you. Yeah, I like that. And I wrote down Buckley, too. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> um, all right. So I'm actually with you on Thompson. That's why I said I was irritated when I saw his ownership was like 5%. Because I don't remember what tournament it was, but I feel like, I don't know, that dude cost me money at some point, And he's always been on my radar since that point. That's typically how you get on my radar. You win me money or you lose me money. And therefore, I pay attention to you. And it seems like a Thompson course. Um, I'm going back to Higgs, man. I'm going back to Higgs this week. The dude can putt. Like he still made the cut, made the weekend. I know I was bitching to to you about him on uh, on Thursday, but whatever, man. Made the cut, did this thing. Like it's fine. I like Harry Higgs. I'm with you on Matt Jones. Um, what about Vince Whaley? No. What? Why? Is he? I think he's like the opposite of what you want. No, he's a great Twice. putter. He's made nineteen to twenty cuts. He's all right. So 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 inaccurate. Bad iron player. Bad course history. I don't know. Bad I, on bad, bad on shorter golf courses under seventy two hundred yards. I mean, he's got no. two top. He's got two top twenties in his last fucking three, and he's sixty six hundred. No thanks. Okay. 
All right. We agree to disagree. And then doesn't this feel like a Brian Gay course? You just want to go back. He played okay in Bermuda. He did. Dude, he's like 6100 bucks. I mean, this is a Brian Gay golf course. This is a Brian Gay golf gained, course, right? Gain over a stroke in his career here. Back your player. Yeah, I mean, he lost. I mean, dude lost four strokes T to green last week. It's oh, my open. God. Sung the- Kang lost ten and a half strokes T to green last week. That gives you a little joy. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's per round. Oh, yeah. he only played like one round, though. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so listen, if you if you want to go straight stats and scrubs, look, Brian Gay, this is definitely his type of golf course. The Houston Open is not his type of golf course. This is his type of golf course. Let's go. Like, I'm okay. taking some Brian Gay. So those are my that, that's my dumps to die for the week. All right. Why don't we take that ad break that I blew through? All right. Well, let's let's talk to you guys about Better Fantasy. It's a new free to play app that lets you sync up your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit, and even help raise money for charity along the way. Brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a really slick app, and it is fun to use. I think Kramer even put it out on Twitter, man. You guys should uh, check it out, man. It is really cool. One of the reasons we love it is they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, Florida, you can get in on some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play, so go download today on the iPhone or the Android. Check them out today at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. All right. Well, we get to my big short. So this is pretty easy because there's really only one guy I was kind of passionately against with the ownership. That's Joel Damon. I mean, I I, I understand why people like him because he fits that cookies or t- cutter template of a guy you'd want to use here. But let's say he just hasn't done all that great here. For maybe for whatever reason, he just doesn't like the golf course. So I think he's going to finish outside the top 50, which for Joel Damon, I mean, that wouldn't be a horrible result. But the fact he's $8,500 is kind of a disaster this week, especially with the ownership. Yep. So, yeah, uh, Joel Damon's my big short. So, all right. All right. Boston Cabber. Why don't you talk about why don't you what are you burning on this week? Why don't you the, just rant and rave about something? The dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of today. John Henry, my least favorite owner in all of fucking sports. Old creepy fucking Magoo himself. Like serial killer, wears skin suits, like the worst. This asshole, not only is he in he he owns the Red Sox for people who don't know. It's called the Fenway Sports Group. And, and Liverpool Football Club, by the way. Thank you. Okay, so he, okay, we're going down that road. Okay, so he owns Liverpool. He's got douchebag LeBron in somehow in some sort of partnership. So I got to deal with that asshole being part of this fucking ownership too. And now he's buying the Pittsburgh fucking Penguins. Listen, if you own a sports team in a city, you have to buy the Bruins. You can't buy the fucking Penguins. This is the dumbest shit ever. Like, so now what? What fucking? And he's business partners with Jacobs too. So Jacobs is the Bruins owner. So so now what? They're sitting in the box and we're playing the Penguins and they don't give a fuck who wins. All they give a shit about is their fucking money and Linda getting new fucking shoes. And I got to worry about the bullshit bullpen arms that the Red Sox are fucking taking on because they got to sign some defenseman to an $8 million contract over there. Some midfielder over in fucking London or wherever the fuck Liverpool is. Liverpool. <laughs> they, they, um, they, they have like three like open championship venues in the area. Don't care. <laughs> Don't care. The, uh, uh, so, so I have to worry. Like we are like 
we constantly talk about it as Sox fans. Like, Henry doesn't give a shit about the Sox anymore. Why are we taking this Tampa Bay approach? And Oh, okay, so I got all these fucking bums, and we're taking the Tampa Bay model, and you can go afford to buy another fucking sports team, and you can buy all the shit you need to do over at Liverpool, even though those fans want to murder you too. Fuck John Henry. If you Not even just John Henry, but you can't, you can't own one sports team in a city and then buy another sports team in another city that's a rival to your hockey team. It makes no fucking sense. I get your portfolio management and diversifying it. Make a shell company and buy it under something else so we don't fucking know. It's dumb. Like, it's irritating. It's the fucking world. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, the Bruins' colors are black and yellow. No, and the don't Penguins even fucking. Don't. I will color, fucking, I will end, black I will, and I will end it right now. I will end this podcast right now. <laughs> I mean, look, like, doesn't Stan Kroenke own the Rams? He owns, like, the Colorado Avalanche or something. It's good. That's what these guys do. Yeah, they're all a bunch of buy the assets and it's about making assets. money. They don't, they, 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 Boston Capper, just like the PGA Tour, they don't care about you. I know. Okay. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you realize that just because you want the Tour Championship to be this match play format, they're never going to change for you. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Why well, move on to the betting portion and then we'll take another. Um, why don't we start with some head to heads? Um, Capper, why don't you kick it off? What do you got for pre uh, I got one. I haven't looked at my local yet, so I'm going to need to. But I took uh, Webb over Scotty. Okay. Minus, one, minus 105. Scotty was the favorite. Okay. I was like, no, no, give me, give me Webb on that. Yes. I mean, I think Scotty's, Scotty has some good course history here, but it's not really anything compared to Webb. So I agree with that. Yeah. So I'm on a web, so I'm on a web one, but I got him over Cam Smith, and that's minus one ten as well. I just think like like I, I think there's a perception the web is quote unquote broken, but I mean kind of like Kevin Kisner, you kind of you just put him on his web course and he's fine. And I mean I've never seen Cam Smith here. Like he general like I understand that like there's a lot of things to like about Cam Smith, but if you're telling me in a straight up head to head coin flip Webb Simpson on one of his best golf courses versus Cam Smith. I'm, I'm going to take Webb. So I like that. And then this is going to hurt your feelings. Um, I had Chris Kirk minus 110 over Seamus power. Uh, I think my bubble, feelings. Okay. I think the bubble burst on your boy um, has not been very good here. I think his best finish is like T72. Yeah, he's, not uh, he's, like, he's not good. Yeah. Either. No. Well, he's okay on Bermuda. I mean, I see his gain in strokes in Bermuda, but it's more short courses. He's not been very good. And then this place hasn't been very good. And Chris Kirk, again, like he just seems like he's pretty good in this place. So if you're giving me a coin flip between a guy who's awesome at this golf course and a guy who's not, I'm going to take the guy who's pretty awesome. So, right. Well, before we get into the positional props, uh, let's talk to you guys about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks actually has the best NBA DFS prop game in the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. It offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any props you can think of, from Yadish and touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. All users that deposit and use Promo code SGP will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to five hundred bucks. Here's how you do it: you pick two to five players with an over/under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. It's just you versus the numbers. Prize Picks allows you to do mixed points entries too. You can take the over on LeBron, combine with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play, and entries can be made in as little as sixty seconds. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use promo. 
promo code SGP. They get your 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Okay. Well, the positional props. Uh, why don't I kick it off at top tens? We didn't talk about Corey Connors of the DFS. just because he's so popular. But yeah, um, I mean, I, like Corey Connors seems like the the perfect candidate of dude is going to play really well, but can't putt and yep. he's not going to get the win. So, but I like a stops in price of plus two seventy five. He has good course history here. Um, I don't think he's been playing all that great in the fall. I think he's going to bounce back though. Just just a gut feeling. So I, I like. I haven't seen him in forever. <sighs> when was the last time he played? Fucking hell, I'm telling you, like I feel like I have not seen him in forever. You know, it's 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 been a hot minute. So yeah, I think I think he's gonna close out his fall pretty good. I like him. And then Russell Henley and Kevin Kisner are both top ten and plus three fifty. I wanted to only bet one, but I just figured, you know what? I think one of those is gonna hit. So I might as well just bet both and you know, at least take a little bit there. So yeah, I mean, listen, both these guys are perfect core fits here. Both of these guys have been awesome here. Just bet both the top tens and just said and forget it. So, all right. What about you? What do you, yeah, what about top tens you like? So I'm on kiss as well, but I got him at uh, plus 300. No defeat in my book. Um, okay. And then the same, I, actually, I got uh, Connors at 225. And okay. then I took English at plus 240. Because that's another guy I was iffy on. I really wanted to, uh, I don't want to play him in DFS. I didn't want to bet him outright. Because I'm so scared that he changed that putter grip after that fucking Karen called in and told him it wasn't it was against the fucking rules. And I then, forgot about that. Like, who does that? Like, what kind of terrible human being does that? And now he does. He doesn't seem right. And you know how athletes are, man. Like, it just gets in your head. It's not. You know what I mean? Like, the glove lace didn't go right. Like, I, I don't know. So, uh, but I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take English uh, top ten. He was plus two fifty, and I took Cam Smith uh, at uh, at plus one eighty five top ten. So funny enough, so I'm looking at his last two tournaments since the Ryder Cup putting, and it's been bad. It's been real bad. So so he lost 2.9, he lost 5.8 strokes at the Shriners, and then he lost over a stroke total. Well, no, it wasn't over a stroke total. I think he withdrew on Saturday at the CJ Cup, and he's losing strokes putting there. So yeah, maybe the uh, magic, maybe the wand's broken now. Yeah, seriously. But that's why I'm only betting my top ten. Like I wasn't stay away other than that. Like Okay. So. All right. How about some top twenty props? What do you got? I only got two, man. I went uh I went long, uh plus three fifty and uh Whaley at plus five fifty. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Yeah, man. All right. At least it wasn't Matt Wallace. Uh, top 20. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's uh, all right. I guess I guess that's <laughs> <laughs> All right, I actually really like the top twenty markets because it's it. This seems like kind of a crapshoot, and it seems like there's just some scrubs who end up showing up top, and there's some guys I really liked in the low sevens and sixes, and generally those guys I like in DFS I tend to back up with a you know top twenty prop too. So again, like I mentioned earlier, Chad Ramey at the places that where guys were a little more accurate off the tee, he's finished in the top twenty. Well, this is a place for him. So top twenty and Chad Ramey plus three seventy five. Here's my Alex Smalley conversation. So I, I, I texted Capper, I think last weekend, that <laughs> I was shocked that he's from Rochester, New York. And let me tell you something about Rochester, New York. Like anytime there's a professional athlete from my hometown, we get really excited about this guy. Like, because nothing ever good sports wise ends up coming out of this town. And if someone actually does make it through, especially a golfer when it's three months of the year, can actually golf up here. It's great, but here's the thing. He's a Benedict Arnold. He left here when he was a kid. He went down to North Carolina, grew up in Wake Forest, and he went to Duke. So, all right, he's on the bad side. And if you look at his photo, 
He looks like a dude who would love Sea Island. He looks like he's all about that. Rich, yuppie kid, went to Duke, probably has a home at St. Simmons Island, wherever the hell they're, you know, in whatever island chain in there. St. Simons. St. Simons, there you go. Probably has, you know, a timeshare that he's been saying that with his parents for the past, like, 20 years or so. But (laughs) I will put that aside. I think he's a really good golfer. I think he's really talented, and he's 4-1 to to finish in the top 20. I like him. And then some of the other guys I mentioned on the DFS, you know, section, like Aaron Rye, 4-1. to Michael Thompson, plus 475. Rory Sabatini, 5 to 1. Russell Knox, 5 to 1. Those are guys I really like in DFS, and their their top 20 prices are pretty appealing to me. I'm going to go with that for them. All right. All right. Any other uh, props you got? Like, you know, first round leaders? I got nothing yet. They haven't even fucking released the first round leaders yet. Oh, because they get. Okay. So, what's what's what was nice about the first round leader lane, and we talked about it at the beginning of the show, that you always just wanted to go with the guys playing play ta- plantation course. Now that they've basically toughened the golf course and his play is about the same. Yeah, I just take the best. Take the best golfers like you. Yeah, so you just, you just take whoever you like now at yeah. this point. So I don't have any leans anymore. Last year I had a lean. Now I don't have any leans. So. Yeah, that's it. Right. I don't have any nationalities. No, not a bullshit. Like, no. yeah, I, I spent most of my money in the positional props. I like that, and I figure if I'm if I'm betting like a guy top twenty or like if I like a guy and I, like why would I end up doubling down to like a nationality? I'd rather just yeah. like, I'd, I'd rather just put his result in a vacuum. And just take that. Yeah, I looked at a, I, I looked at um. Fuck the Australian one. It's not fucking worth it. Like, it, like last week's M was like super easy. Like this week, I was like, eh, hey, you ain't worth the squeeze. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and you know, and you know what else too? There wasn't a football by the top twenty. Like I just, I, I, I like, I get like Webb was tempting because he was like even odds finish top twenty, but I don't know how much I trust. I don't to trust him. Like I like I trust Justin Thomas. I trust Sam Burns. Like even though Sam Burns was like what T thirty five percent, I knew he was just gonna get it done. Yeah. He, he, he came yeah. through. Justin Thomas ended up coming through with Mayakoba, even though he yeah. had that rough start. I'm like, he's just gonna come through. It's fine. Webb Simpson, I don't have that same confidence in. Scotty Scheffler, I don't have that same confidence in. Cameron Smith, I don't have that same confidence in confidence in. So I laid off that this week. Yeah, I was actually flirting with uh, with Smith at the top twenty because it was minus one fifteen. That's that. That's I know. I didn't. I didn't pull. I didn't pull the trigger. I didn't pull the trigger. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm proud. I'm but, proud of your restraint. Yeah. Well, it's also because I don't want to end up in Vito's trunk. So. <laughs> All right. So before we get to the outrights, uh, listen, man, since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. And when I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in the speakeasy. That's what I'm talking about. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. So head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. Oh, nice. This app includes consensus slides from Vegas and feed up from what other people are betting on and the ability to send friendly wages to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links among other methods. All right. No money is transacted on the app. It's purely competitive. Wink. Week. Next time you're with friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see if you can hit the most ridiculous bets. You just have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds and generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. So let's go back to the roots of betting and with SoBet. So go to SoBet.io, that's SoBet.io today, to join the revolution. 
I am absolutely doing that as soon as this podcast is over. That sounds pretty good. Definitely. <laughs> All right. All right. Time capper. Why are you kicking off? Who right. is in, in, our, in the final PGA tour <sighs> event know. of the fall? Let's get a winner this week. Let's get a winner, baby. So who, who uh, is it? So you don't like him. Uh, I half football bet uh, Cam Smith at 18 to one. Um, I live. I just live bet Louie at 25 to one with another half football bet. Um, yep. And then, and then I apparently lit my money on fire with Wallace at 85 to one. Um, but, all I, right. So let's, so let's stop there. So to pull back the curtain, it's been a long week for you. You're going with a lot of your gut feel on this. And yeah. I think your gut is up like 35,000 to nothing. On me. <laughs> yeah, so right. listen, like this stat nerd over here, could just going to be completely wrong. And maybe your gut is right that, yeah, he just likes hot dogs and French fries <laughs> and good old USA golf. America, so. America baby. And then uh, I went with your boy Hughes uh, at 50 to one. Um, okay. Like that. And then uh, my boy Long at 90 to one, man. I'm telling you, for some reason, I feel like this dude, I don't know. He's playing really good. The guy's a really good putter. I got a sneaky feeling about Long this week. I have to add him for like a top 20 or something. I think he might have sold me on him. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I got 25 to one on Louie. I, I just, I really like him this week. And it yes. just like, he's got to win at some point, right? He's got to, he's got to, he's got to. And it would be, it would be, it'd be funny with like his sterling, like how well he does it, like tougher, bigger events that yeah. like his lone PG tour wins the RSM classic. <laughs> That's something for the Wikipedia page. Yeah, exactly. All right, so, so and then I just blind bet Taylor Gooch. Just okay. like bef- before I even did any research, any crunching, I just saw the number and I just bet it. Like I, I didn't understand why in a weaker field he was forty to one after one bad tournament. I think he's a good player. I think he's pr- he's had enough long term success at this point. Yeah, where I'm willing to forgive for one tournament. So I like him. And then I couple, took a couple stabs. Uh, I got a much better price than Mackenzie Hughes. I got seventy to one on him. Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's a that's a guy who I was. So I initially bet him top twenty, and then you know I've been on all these guys for positional props, yep. and I bet him outright. And I said it's seventy. <laughs> Just bet him. You can afford it. Right. Exactly. So I did that. Uh, did the same thing with Matt Kuchar. That was a guy I was just going to bet top 20, which I also have a bet on him. And I said, he's 80 to one. Why not just bet that you can afford it. And then Hayden Bucking can, also, to one. can also afford to, uh, tip his caddy, but he doesn't. So he can, yeah, he can, but, uh, maybe he can after how much he wins this week. He can do that. <laughs> maybe. And then Hayden Buckley, hundred one. I just really like the player and I think okay. it's kind of, it's set up well for him. And then. I got a good price on him. I don't love his DFS ownership because he's so popular, but Denny McCarthy won 25 to one. I thought it was a good price and he's playing yeah. well. This is a golf course for him. And then I did two FOMO bets. Okay. Mostly because partially because I just, I don't, I don't want to end this year without not being on these guys. And the, okay. so I got a good price on Russell Henley, 33 to one. I know the world is on me. So popular, but for as much time as I fucking bet this guy, (laughs) Honda travelers, Wyndham close calls at all of them. If I'm not on him, like I already bet him top 10. If I'm not on him, he ends up winning this bullshit rinky dink tournament. And I didn't, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to be able to 
live myself till about, you know, Kapalua. And then we are returning to crime scene scene of the crime last year. Kevin Kisner. Kiss. Yeah. That would be something if we came so close last year. Oh yeah. And we didn't bet him this year, and he ends up winning. And I got him forty to one. Man, Twitter, literally everyone is on him. I know, I know that, but I like looking at how I structure my outright card. Like, like, like. All right. So what I also like doing is live betting in tournament. Generally, right. it's those types of guys like a Henley or a Kizer. They make right. a little bit of noise. They're around like twenty-five to thirty-one. I usually just live bet them anyways. Why don't I just? Because I probably would end Did up you doing that anyway. Earlier in the week, that you didn't want to bet pre-tournament, and now you're coming up with fucking like eight goddamn fucking pre-tournament. Outlets. I got, I got, I got inspired, man. This, you know, <laughs> this, this, this is the last <laughs> turn before right, fuck, break. Hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shop for a better fucking kids number. Okay. But I'll, jo- I'll join you on him, and I'll join you on Henley too. Fuck it, it's the end of the year, whatever. Let's All go. Right. Listen, you know, what? I mean, if they don't win, I can I get him. Top I can get Henley at twenty-eight. Where'd you get him at? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Whatever. It's five basis points off 23rd. There's no difference. It's fine. Doesn't matter. Kids, kids, I, I am not betting at 28. I got to find a better number. No, you, yeah, you got to find a better number than that. I find a better number. All right. You got anything else? No, man. That's it, baby. I got, I got some comments in the show. All right. What you got? All right. So, uh, thank you to everybody, by the way, for we've been doing this since last Wyndham, mm-hmm. last year, the Wyndham. And finally, after a long, long, uh, uh, long journey. Uh, you know, we've come to the end of the fall season. I know you are m- looking forward to a much needed break. Uh, I'm looking for a much needed break too. Uh, and this actually surprised you. This is my last show. And uh, yeah, oh. I'm taking I'm taking off the cape. And yeah, I mean, listen, we have a new DFS writer on uh, SGPN. He's uh, you know writing some really good articles. And uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna take over. Now, I'm, dude, I'm dead serious. No, I'm not. I know you're not serious. Was we talk for 20 minutes? Fuck, we talk for 50 minutes. I, I actually, uh, Paul, Polly Pluto, I think it was going to have a heart attack because I had him going in Slack that uh, <laughs> this was really no. Of course, not my last show. Oh. I, I love doing this shit, and it's only because of you guys that we are, you know, still going, still kicking, and yep. it's been a absolute pleasure the last year to get to know my co-host and be able to talk golf with him every week. It's you know, okay. it's he's not only a co-host, he's a friend. So this has been great. Uh, we're looking forward to a long break. I have some stuff down the pipe. Um, I think we're going to be doing one ish podcast a week going forward. Like, you know, next week we got the bullshit Brooks and Bryson, uh, matchup. We got the hero world challenge actually is is probably gonna be pretty fun. I like that one. And then I got a couple of research projects coming down the pipe. Uh, we're going to do a major preview. We might end up getting uh, Brian Kirshner, by the way, that's legit, by the way, he is actually writing for SGPN now doing DFS column. Check it out this week. He dropped his first, uh, uh, yeah, it's great article, great insights, sharp kid, uh, nice guy too. So we're looking forward to working with him in the future. Uh, he'll, he'll probably be on the show, uh, coming up doing the major preview with us. So yeah, listen, like, thanks again. It's been a long year. Uh, we went through six majors and, six uh, majors. COVID. and yeah, it's, year. I know what are we gonna do with only four, man. So, um, although the PJ tour wants us to believe it's five with the player championship, but I was actually uh, about to say that, <laughs> yeah. but uh, anyways, thank you very much. Uh, stick with us. Uh, we will oh. still be pumping out content between now and Kapalua and, uh, yeah, we, uh, thank you very much. We, we really appreciate all the support you guys give us.
Yeah, man. Love you, Steve. Love uh, love you guys out there, too. So, uh, listen, you guys know, like you said, you know where to find us, man. Come to Slack. We're still going to be pumping out at least one a week. You know, we might take a week off here or there, but you can find it on, uh, find us on, uh, or find me on Twitter. Find Steve in Slack. And, uh, hey, man, for the last week of the season, let's break them fucking books. 